welcome to Power of the Cross Radio Sermons. We are so happy you could join us. Next, you will be hearing a message from Pastor Farrell Wilson. Brother Wilson is the pastor of the Lighthouse Church in Grenada, Mississippi. To learn more about the Lighthouse, visit their website at grenadachurch.com. Now, on to the message. Psalm 31, starting at verse 15. My times are in thy hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and from them that persecute me. Make thy face to shine upon thy servant. Save me for thy mercy's sake. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. and Thank you for the fellowship of the saints. and the, God, your spirit that we, that we sense in love and understanding, Lord, and kindness. I can't help but know that um, we're filled with your emotions that you put in us, Lord. And we thank you for those simple things that we tend to forget. Thank you for all of our blessings. And God, as we get ready to break the bread of life, bring to us understanding the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And we'll be careful to give you honor and praise. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And we say amen. In order to to destroy a tree, you don't have to cut it down. In my front yard... Many years back, before I was a Christian, we moved in here, and it was a kudzu patch when we moved up there. And I, I, I started to work on the land, and one of the first things we did, we planted over 100 trees in my front yard. I've probably, over the years, have planted probably, no joke, probably about four or 500 trees on our property, if not more. And it, it turned into a nice shaded uh, acreage out there now. It's a, really a beautiful spot we've been blessed with, but I noticed... Over the past two years, we started losing trees here and there. We started losing pine trees and even persimmons. I love persimmon trees. They attract animals, and we started losing those. And I didn't know what was going on. I was doing everything I thought was right. I took care of my property, and then I started finding out there was little tiny holes inside the trees. And finally, one year, a persimmon tree fell on me, and I got to look, and it was termites. And they're coming inside the trees, and they're eating it up. And the analogy for us this morning is, is sin is like that in your life. You can have a beautiful spot. You're following the Lord great. And then all of a sudden, some of those little things creep in your life without you realizing. And the next thing you know, it's wiping out all the beautiful things that were built up for so many years. You know, it doesn't take a great thing to destroy a giant. And like your trees, you're growing, but... And things start creeping in, those little bugs that in our case would be just those little sins we don't think much of. And the next thing we know, before long, it's wiped out everything. And I don't know who I'm speaking to today. It could be somebody here. It could be somebody on the radio. But, you know, you were once strong in the Lord. You used to be immovable, but now you've started to let sin creep into your life and your Christian walk is waning and this opening text is for you because David was had this problem. David, now he's talking about physical enemies. You have to understand when David wrote these psalms, most of it, he had everybody in the world coming against him, even his own family. His son Absalom sought his head and was trying to kill him. And that's why David, he would sing these songs to the Lord. Lord, stop all these enemies coming after me. And I also know that David had other problems. We know with Bathsheba and different sins that come into his life, he had other things, spiritual things, creeping into his life. And, but as I say that about David, keep in mind, this is the man that God chose to bring the Redeemer into the world. 
So if David, and David was a man after God's own heart. Just because you have sin in your life doesn't disqualify you. It means you need to correct it is what needs to happen. And I want to take just a few moments today to look at some of those enemies, these small things that can creep into our life. Prayerlessness. Your prayer life is so vitally important for your relationship with God. I'm not talking about waking up for two minutes in the morning and, hey, Lord, good morning, and then, good God, good meat, good gravy, let's eat prayer over your food. I'm talking about prayer time where you talk with God. In fact, the Bible says pray without ceasing. That doesn't mean you may be on your knees. It means that throughout the day I'm communicating with God. There's a place in the Bible, there it was called, they call it the Emmaus Walk. There was two men on the road coming out of Jerusalem to Emmaus. It was a seven-mile journey. And they started talking to themselves and they said, How could these things be? We thought this was the Messiah, the one to come, and now he's dead. And we're left here with nothing. And then all of a sudden, a stranger joins them. Unbeknownst to them, it's Jesus Christ resurrected. And he goes on this walk with them. And they're talking, and and he's mainly listening to this point, and they invite him into their house. And this walk in this fellowship, I want you to understand something about this walk. This is what you ought to get out of that passage. It's in Luke chapter 24. You should read it and take the time to study it. These men were distraught. They thought everything had been lost. And if you watch it, their walk has started. You could see it as they're talking. Their face started fading away. They, they, man, I thought that Jesus was the one to come, and evidently he wasn't. And as they invite, unbeknownst to them, Jesus into their house, they start understanding he reveals to them who, the, uh, who he actually is. So there's a couple things here. Your relationship has to be right with God to see Jesus Christ in your life. You can't see Jesus Christ in your life with no prayer life, okay? And this is just one of many I'm going to talk about today, but prayer, I, I, I put this in here first because prayer is something that without prayer, you're never going to have anything in your life, a strong relationship with God. It is so vitally important. I, I wish preachers would at least take a few times a year maybe to do a sermon series and teach people about prayer, how to pray, when to pray. And it's your direct line with God. This is how you make, move the hand of God. I mean, and now, let me see. My wife, my beautiful wife over here. If I never talked to her, if I just walked in the house and just looked at her and just walked by her, it wouldn't take about a day or two. She'd have enough of that. What's wrong with you? And just, there's no relationship there. But when I wake up in the morning, I say, how you doing, baby? You doing Okay. And most mornings, she tells me, <laughs> good morning. Most mornings I get out, everybody's, it's one thing our house does. I brag on my family about that. Even Matthew does that. If I miss him in the morning before he leaves out to school, I'm down there usually praying, and he'll poke his head in the door and say, good morning, Dad, how you doing? And it takes that communication, especially, I agree with Glenn, you need to do this early in the morning. I'm not setting rules or regulations for you, but you're just fresh in the morning. If you've had a night of sleep, get up and at least say, good morning, Lord. Thank you for today. Smile and say, thank you for everything you've done for me. You know, most of your prayers shouldn't be given over to need. Amen. Start. You want somewhere to uh, start praising God? Read Psalm 150. It starts out, praise ye the Lord. 
That's the way your prayers ought to start out. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. That will start your morning out great every day if you'll do just that. Again, I'm not giving you a formula. I'm just giving you some things that might help you here. But the Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people. And when you start praising him, it's just something supernatural about it when God comes in the room. You don't have to come to church to get that, that Pentecostal high. I love singing this song. Boy, that carried me back to years, getting on those drums and singing, getting ready to leave this world. And I think about all them old Pentecostal ladies running around the room and shouting and hollering. That is great. I, I want more times like that. But there's nothing wrong either that you by yourself in your room on Monday morning, tomorrow morning, to lift your hands up and say, praise ye the Lord. Praise him on the high symbol. Praise him on the harp. Amen. Let all the fowls of the air pray him in the morning. Let all creeping things begin to praise him. There's just something about praising God. And that's really prayer. And God, you know, gives us everything that we need so many times and we forget to be thankful. There's an old saying that says that a thankless child is sharper than a serpent's tooth. And what that means, when you're thankless, especially a child, when you're thankless for all the things your parents have done for you, you're going to grow up to be a rotten child. Hear me? There's many times, I think back now, I couldn't see it then when I was 18, but there's many times I wish my daddy would have beat me a little harder. I do. Many times I wish my dad would have lined me out just a little bit more. And it's no different with God. If you're not communicating with God, if you're not talking with Him, if you do not have prayer in your life, if, you, if there is prayerlessness in your life, and you're not communicating with Him, you're just a thankless child. And people think that we got to pray for big things. Oh, I, I need to be healed of this cancer. You should. And if you get sick, the first place you ought to carry it is the great physician. That's the first place. If he don't heal you, I can't explain that every time. I can't explain why some people are healed and some are not. I do know this. I'll know in heaven. I know, I'll know then all things. I, you know, we get our mind fixated. I'm not going into that too much today, but we get our mind is, is death is losing on this sin when really it's a great victory. I can't explain why God will bless me sometimes and sometimes he won't. I can't explain delays in ministry. I cannot. Uh, you know, Abraham, I'm quite sure Abraham had a, a big issue with sitting around to 100 years old waiting on the promise to come. Amen. But what about the little things? You know, there was a man that told Spurgeon one time that, that his pastor was a little off his rocker because he heard him praying about one day he had lost keys and he was praying to find that key. And Spurgeon said, thank God for people like that. We need more people like that. Even the little things in your life, God wants you to take to him. And now I'll say this, before I read that by Spurgeon, I have many times I have lost my keys. My wife said she has spent half her lifetime searching for my keys. And I remember it was up here at the church. I, I said, God, I have lost these keys, and I don't want to tell my wife. Would you show me where they're at? And I picked up that book, and they fell out. Boom! I remember another time I'd lost, and I said, God, here I go again. I do not want to hear my wife hollering at me. Where are they at? I, this is no joke. 
I opened that door of that truck where I was looking, and the panel or something popped, and them keys fell out. So I know that's a little humorous, but take the little things to him in prayer. God is ready to meet your need. Who's not asking? You're not asking. You've got to have a prayer life. You've got to ask him. Don't be a thankless child. Begin to thank him for everything. And then when you're done thanking him, bring out those needs before him. Because if not, you may find this enemy within destroying your life. You know, as I showed you earlier, I think I need to back up a moment. I don't think I hammered that home. But as I read that psalm from David, there was enemies trying to destroy him. And these are actually enemies in your life. With no prayer, it is very simple. It is. It is a sin not to pray to God. And it is an enemy that will destroy you. Selfishness. There has never been a great Christian who's selfish. You can't show me one great Christian. Not one. There's never been a great preacher. There's never been a great Christian that is ever selfish. Not one. We often read people that have died with vast amounts of wealth and, and they leave this world so selfish, but they never carry it with them. I remember one local businessman, I won't say his name because he went on to be with the Lord, but this is the truth. Years ago, and I had a witness for this, he was at Wendy's with his wife. And they were going to get a hamburger. And she asked the man behind the counter, said, I would like cheese on that. And he interrupted them and said, we got cheese at the house. Ten cent for cheese. This man died with a pile of wealth. And you know what he did? He died in his house all along, shut up in a very in a prominent neighborhood, had a very nice house, vast amounts of wealth, and died alone. I'll tell you how cheap he was. Many times, I've witnessed to him, and I see him in front of Walmart. He, he would drive up to Walmart and park in the handicapped spot so he could get on the Wi-Fi and he wouldn't have to pay Wi-Fi. And I'm thinking, this man here is probably a multi-millionaire. And he's parking up here at Walmart to get on the Wi-Fi. And he died alone. His wife had left him. His children would have nothing to do with him. He died a lonely man. And I tell you, I just know, I, I think maybe he was saved. I'll leave that with the Lord. But I know his relationship was not near where it needed to be with God. And you don't want to leave this world like that. You don't want that. You don't want to be that type of person. Died alone. I couldn't think of anything worse in this world. Thank you for listening to Power of the Cross Radio. If you are enjoying the sermon you are hearing, we need your help. We do not sell any advertising on this station. You will not hear any third-party ads. This radio ministry operates by donations only. So, we need your prayers and financial gifts to keep bringing Christ and Him crucified to the world. Let God use you to keep Power of the Cross Radio going around the globe. Go right now to www.cross.radio and click on how you can help. There you can donate by secure means. Thanks again for listening and may God bless you. Now, back to the message. Die don't scare me, but I'll tell you what would scare me. It would scare me to know if I was on my deathbed that I didn't have my grandchildren around me. And my son, I would, you know, in my mind, I, Brother Wilson, how would you like to die? I'd like to have all them little grandchildren around me and call me Papa. That's the way I want to leave this world. I don't want to be selfish. I want to have gave and left some of my life here for other people. Selfishness is the enemy of the soul that will destroy you. 
Neglect. Now, when I talk about neglect today, I'm not talking about neglect of your job. I'm not talking about neglect of your family. I'm talking about neglect of the things of God. Now, think of this. If a housewife has plants in her house, she has to water them and take care of them. They'll die. They will shrivel up and die. And it's no different in your Christian walk in this spiritual garden that you have before God. Some things have to be tended to. You have to get the weeds out every once in a while. You have to make sure it's water. It's got to be fertilized. The whole day, it's got to have everything it needs to survive. And it's the same way in your spiritual life. There's been many a Christian start out with great zeal. Man, I'm going to do this and I'm going to serve God. But they neglected to walk with God and they withered away and died. And most of them now that that comes to my memory, they're just about spiritually dead or physically dead. And they're not happy people. They're not ready to meet God. And that's what happens when you neglect the things of God. It's like those little uh, termites I was talking about coming into my trees. You know, they're coming up. You don't realize what's happened. Well, I've got this to do. I'm so busy, and I've got this to take care of, and my business comes before the things of God and, or my work or my preaching. It, it comes before the things of God. I've got all these things to do, and I, I, I just don't have time for the things of God. You know, even a preacher needs daily prayer. He needs to read his wor- the Word. Amen. i got to be fed just like you do or I'll wither up and die. I've got to be involved in the things of God. It takes fellowship. I could go on and on and on, but you have to have the things of God in your life or you're going to spiritually die or be so weak you can do no good for the kingdom of God. We need people so prayed up and ready to go in these last days. And they're not. They're not ready for what's coming. Folks, let me, let me help you out here. Without talking about Washington, D.C., outside of all that, if you think the United States is going to continue on uninterrupted, you are living a false dream. There's no way that we can continue on the route we are, the things happening. It's accelerating. I'm seeing the very elect people that I thought were just faith giants falling away. And they're no longer care about the things of God. And you know, God, there's something that happens with God. If you read your Bible correctly, sins pile up in a nation until he gets to the point. I'm done with it. Go read the book. Of, well, there's several. Isaiah is one of them that will bring this out. The book of Judges is a wonderful one. What happened is, first the northern kingdom fell. They didn't recognize David's leadership is what they didn't want. They didn't recognize the whole bloodline. And that's how you split into the northern kingdom. They fell immediately. God allowed them to be overrun. Ten uh, tribes overrun. That was the northern kingdom of Israel. They appointed their own king, and they wanted to do things their way. Then the southern kingdom started to fall. And what was left at the end, you'll see with King Hezekiah, that there was Jerusalem left. That was it. And it was surrounded on all sides by the enemy. And they had come in and they were about to crush Jerusalem. And God sent a prophet, Isaiah. He didn't send a politician. He didn't send an army. He sent one man to give warning to the king. And said, if you'll go in and replace and repair what has been neglected, I'll save Jerusalem. And there was a reprieve of almost 120 years that went even after King Hezekiah. 
And the Bible is replete with this information. Why? It gives us warning that we better stop neglecting the things of God. The church has got this all wrong, my friends. I mean, most churches do not understand this spiritual fact. Hey, I like Trump, but Trump ain't going to save us. I don't want this idiot we have in here right now. They are doing some of the most ungodliest things I have ever seen in my life. But he, even if we got him out of there today, it will not change the spiritual condition or the direction of this nation. There's one thing and one thing only that's going to change it. And that's for a man or woman of God to stand up and say, Thus saith the Lord. And then when they declare the Word of God and the truth, the people respond and they repent and they cry out to God and they turn from their wicked ways and then God hears from heaven and then He heals their land. That's how healing works in a nation. But if we neglect the things, so where do I start? Look, you're an army. Do you know that? We're not signing up wimps down here. We're signing up. That doesn't mean physically I'm ready to fight, but it means spiritually. I mean, we need some people to rise up to replace these godly grandmothers that have left us. There used to be some grandmothers that prayed Glenn in the church. There used to be some grandmothers that prayed Farrell into the church. There's some, there's some godly grandmothers that prayed Alicia into the church. They'd sit on their face all night long on that kitchen floor. I'll never forget old Ed Beach gave testimony. He'd been out and he'd been uh, carousing. I'll just leave it at that. And he said he'd come in there and he, in the light, he was going to try to sneak in. And he tripped over something and he fell and landed on his face and it was his mama. And he said, Lord Jesus, help him. Save him. She was laid out on the floor praying. I know Randy knows what I'm talking about with his mama. We need people to come up behind that and start replacing those people. We need to pick up the mantle. The mantle's been thrown on the ground, and most of the churches walked over it and stomped it in the ground. It's time to pick that mantle back up and quit neglecting the things of God. Give God time in reading. Church. And quick to be given to good works. Now, I preach to you about faith. But James, the brother of Jesus, also said this. Now, you know he had to have a big-time conversion. Because he thought his brother was a fruitcake. Here his brother was, I'm the, I'm the Messiah. Look, dude, we have the same mama. Who are you? you? You're saying you're the Messiah. He didn't believe him. But when he come up out of that tomb, he started believing some stuff. And then he was converted. And he wrote the book of James, and he said... Faith without works is dead. I mean, you have to put your faith into action. You can talk about being a Christian all day long. You can say, oh, well, look how wonderful I am. But if you never, we never see those Christian attributes falling out in your life. If we never see you doing those things, we never see you witnessing. If we never see you carrying out the mandate of God, if we never see you helping orphans, if we never see you helping widows, if we never see a prayer life, if we never see those good things coming out, what good is your faith? You know, there's old song, old gospel ship. Let's get on this good old gospel ship. Throw your neglect and indifference or overboard. It's just a weight holding the ship down. 
Amen. You throw an anchor over, and that's what it does. It holds the ship down. Take all your neglect and indifference and throw it overboard and cut the rope and let the ship go on. Get on it. It's time. It's time. To, it's time, my friends. We've got to be ready for what's coming in this nation. I know there's evil and wicked times ahead of us. The greatest thing we can have is an enthusiastic and consecrated life for God. Let people see that Christian coming out in you. Let them wonder what happened to you. Let today be that day everything changes. Disobedience. Now this is simple. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. How can you build a great Christian life if you're disobedient to the word? I give you the power source all the time. I, I explain I know if you've been here any length of time whatsoever, if you'll come to at least two or three services, I'm going to explain how the power source works. And it's just simple faith here. You want it? Faith in Christ and Him crucified, and then the Holy Spirit does the work in your life. It's just that simple. Don't complicate it. Let Him do the work and you stop. Do me a favor today and do yourself a favor. You stop trying to do it. Let the Holy Spirit do it. This works, my friends. This will change your life radically. This is not just, I felt bad about something, made a few Facebook posts and going about your life. I'm talking about turning your life upside down. I'm talking about something new and radical where you're actually a Christian living this life. I'm not telling you unsaved today, but I am telling you, you're letting them little termites creep up into your trees out in your front yard, and you're dying, and you're not doing anything about it. You're going to turn right back around. It's going to be a desolate place with kudzu growing right back over it. 1 Samuel 15. I'm going to give you a Bible story here. 1 Samuel chapter 15. Saul was the choice of the people. This, we want a king, I will take Saul. And Samuel, the prophet, he got word and he said, I want you to go wipe out the Amalekites, every last one of them. I don't want them here. And there was a reason. We don't not, the first lesson here is we don't understand everything God does. I can't, I can't tell you that. There was a reason. I got my opinion, but there, there were several things. But God said, I want you to utterly wipe out the Amalekites down to the cows. If you want my opinion, here's my opinion. You can look in Israel to, to this day at the Gaza Strip and you can see the mistake of people like Saul all these years. When God told him to wipe out, he had a reason. God knew what he was doing. Don't question God when he gives you something. It's called obedience. But there was clear direction here. He was leading the army and God told him when, you come, when them enemies come up against you, you wipe them out utterly. And here's what Saul did. He went in and he did a pretty good job now. He went in there and he started killing everybody. But when it come to the finest of the cattle, he said, well, we'll keep those. And he said, I'm going to keep the king also. And God was furious. And he sent Samuel again. And, and, and Samuel said, God is done with you. He told you to wipe them all out. Listen to the excuse Samuel had. Oh, I was going to give them to God. You know, it's kind of like the people, if I hit the lottery, I'm going to give it all to the church. Just amen, pray for me to win the lottery. <laughs> oh, you would, you, I'm sitting here laughing, but it would stagger your mind how many times that I've been asked that. I had a guy here called one time. I was here by myself. Called me up and he said, uh, got to talk. He said, I want you to pray for my scratcher. I said, you're who? 
He said, my scratcher. And I said, well, what's a scratcher? He said, it's a lottery ticket. I won $3,000, and I sent it down to JSM, and I ain't got my money back from God. And I'm like, well, first of all, you didn't pay tithes here, did you? No. Well, you call JSM and see what they say. And then second of all, you shouldn't be gambling. And I, I tried to pray with him a little bit, but look, folks, you got to be obedient to the things of God. Don't be like Saul and disrespect God. And when he, gives you, when he tells you to be somewhere, I, I'll end with this right here. I've seen this more times than not. I know that if I go to church somewhere, the first thing I want to know is what the pastor's preaching. I don't mean this in a sad, uh, disrespectful way, but I don't really care too much about the attitude of the people because I know there's going to be some great people in there somewhere, and I know there's going to be some rotten people in there somewhere. I know that. I accept that, and I move on. I, I, and I sit right there on them pews with people that hated me. I've had, look, I've walked right by people stuck out my hand, and they just sit there and look at me. I've had that happen to me. Here's what I want to know. Is that man preaching the truth of God's Word? If, am I going to be able to be obedient to God's Word by what he's preaching? Is he going to speak life into me? Is he truly telling me something that's going to point me to Calvary and help me lead this life that I need to live before God? That's what I want to know. In a starting place, you can start being obedient to God's Word. Don't neglect the things of God and be obedient, and you'll find obedience at the cross of Calvary. Would you stand with me this morning? Hallelujah. I, I've got so many more things to talk about, but I can't. There's no way I can get them all in this morning. I don't want to wear you out because I want you to come back this evening. We'll finish them up. Go take a break and have lunch with, by yourself or your family. And I hope to see you back tonight. Um, every head bow and every eye closed, please. If you have a need this morning, would you lift your hand up? Let me see your hand. I see several hands up. Hold them up there towards the Lord. Amen. Father, we got our hands up this morning for you. There's a need in our life, Lord. You know all about it. We ask for your forgiveness, God. We ask you to touch our life today. Forgive us of our sins the way we lived. By the blood of Jesus, we're cleansed. And Father, we throw ourselves at the, your feet today. And God, we enter into the Holy of Holies by prayer. And we're asking you, God, to meet that need in our life. If there's one ear is not saved, God, I pray today they make that decision. If there's one backslidden here today, let them know that you're standing on the porch just waiting for them to come home and that, God, you'll throw that cloak around them and wrap your arms around them and invite them on into the finest things you have to offer from the kingdom of heaven, from the portals of glory. And, Father, I pray over this church, God, in the days ahead that it would truly be what the sign says, a lighthouse, Shining light into this dark world. Letting the lost know about Christ and Him crucified. How He can bring peace and understanding and salvation to even the most wretched of lost people. And Father, be with us as we go now. Bring us back tonight at the appointed hour. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And we say, Amen. This brings us to the end of this message. And we hope it has been a blessing to you. Be sure to come back often for more great sermons and commercial-free Christian music streamed 24 hours a day. If you need someone to pray with you, we have a prayer wall at Power of the Cross Radio website. You can leave your request there and also help others pray for their needs. We also offer live prayer, periodically throughout the day, as intercessors are available. 
Just click on the talk icon at the bottom right of any page. If someone is available, you can chat live or leave your message if no one is available. Thank you for joining us today, and may God bless you. Power of the Cross Radio is a production of Cross Faith Ministries. All rights reserved.